Well, Gonzaga has had the nickname Guard University for nearly two decades thanks to their consistently elite point guard play. Nolan Hickman will grab that mantle in 2022, but the big question for the Zags is this. Is he ready? You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates through another season of Gonzaga basketball. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we are getting so, so close to the start of the Gonzaga College basketball season. As you are listening to this, most likely on Wednesday the 2nd, we are a few hours away from Gonzaga's second exhibition game against Warner Pacific at home in the kennel. Going to be very exciting to get another chance to see our Zags in action. We are continuing our season series, previewing every single player on Gonzaga's roster, taking a look at their player history, their best and worst case scenarios for this upcoming season, as well as a final look at their expected production and their future NBA aspirations. Today, we're talking about the man leading the charge for the Zags as they head into the 22-23 season. That is, of course, sophomore point guard Nolan Hickman. Nolan Hickman played his final season of high school basketball in Mount Pleasant, Utah, but he is originally from Sammamish, Washington. He was a four-star point guard recruit. Out of Sammamish, he initially committed to John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats before choosing to decommit and committing to Gonzaga literally two weeks later. In May of 2021, a few short months before the start of his freshman season in Spokane, uh, Hickman played a lot as a true freshman last year. He, he played quite a few minutes alongside Hunter Salas. They both played 32 games. They both played about 15 to 20 minutes per night. Hickman ended up averaging just over 17 minutes per game. He was mostly playing the backup point guard role. He played a lot of his minutes when Andrew Nembhard was off the floor. But he also played a lot of minutes alongside Nembhard as well. We saw Mark Few kind of put together that two-point guard lineup that we've seen so much in Gonzaga's history. We saw it in 2017 with Nigel Williams-Goss and Josh Perkins when they went to the national championship. We saw it in 2021 with Jalen Suggs and Andrew Nembhard when they went to the national championship. So you can understand why Mark Few likes to continue to try to operate and find situations to get his two-point guards on the floor at the same time. So we've seen Hickman already in just one season in Spokane kind of demonstrate the ability to be a true point guard, a facilitator, a shot creator, as well as an off-the-ball guard as in that situation as well. So he's kind of developed both of these skill sets already. Uh, but really, and we'll talk about this more in the second and third segment, he's going to be the point guard this upcoming season. That is the expectation. That is what it looked like in the exhibition game against Tennessee. That is what I suspect it is going to look like in the exhibition against Warner Pacific as well. For Hickman, in that freshman year, he averaged five points per game, one and a half rebounds, just under one and a half assists per game, as well as about a half a steal. Uh, He shot just under 61% on two 
point shots. That included about 77% around the rim and 44% in the mid-range. He was just under 31% from deep, so there's definitely some room for growth there in the outside shooting. And somewhat surprisingly, he was only 67% from the free throw line as well, although that was a relatively small sample size for Hickman in that year. Uh, one thing we really saw from Hickman that that is a promising sign for his development, for his future, it was the ability to create his own shot. We mentioned that 44% mark in the mid-range. That was third on Gonzaga's team last year behind Drew Timmy and Julian Strother. Drew Timmy was assisted on, I think, 45% of his two or of his mid-range attempts last year. I don't remember the number for Strother, uh, but for Hickman, it was eight. Eight percent of his mid-range shots were assisted. What that means is that 92% of the time when Nolan Hickman was taking a mid-range shot, he was doing it by creating his own shot, whether it was coming off of a pick and roll, whether it was just a dribble drive, whatever the situation was, Hickman had the ability to create his own shot in the mid-range and shoot very, very effectively in that spot. Again, because we've seen him kind of do the traditional point Gonzaga point guard where he comes down the court, he gets Gonzaga into their actions, they run stuff off of that. We've also seen him do more off-the-ball stuff as well, so he has the ability to go find his own shot, to go put the ball on the deck, get to the hole, try to score that way as well. We've kind of seen him start to develop all of the skills you want to see from a guard. He just hasn't had a ton of time to fully hone them in. The expectation slash the hope is maybe a better way to put it, is that over the offseason, Hickman has continued to grow and develop in those areas and specifically focused on the areas that are most likely going to be asked of him during this sophomore season in Spokane. We had some big highlights from Hickman last year, 16 points against Central Michigan. He had 14 points on four of eight shooting from deep against Santa Clara. However, one of the big stories about Nolan Hickman last year was the disappearing act in the second half. It's hard not to look at a season and not focus on what happened after February. From February on, Nolan Hickman played 13 games. This is about a third of his total season, a little more than a third of his total season. In those 13 games, he played 13 and a half minutes. So the minutes per game did drop, but not super dramatically, not as dramatically as the production dropped. He averaged less than two points per game. In the final 13 games of the season, your backup point guard not being able to give you two full points per game, that hurts. That hurts. That's part of the reason that you see Andrew Nembhard play. I think he played six, like six, six of his last games. He played basically the entire game. He sat out like six minutes in the final couple weeks of the season. And you could make a chicken and the egg argument. Was Hickman's production down because he was playing less? Was Nembhard's playing time up because Hickman was struggling? There's a maybe a bit of a revisionist history looking back on that to figure out exactly what happened, but I think it's pretty clear that Hickman was struggling prior to seeing his playing time drop. I don't think that that's much of a secret. He was struggling starting in early February all the way through March. He shot 55% on two, so it's not like there was a huge drop off there, but he could not find his outside shot. From February on, Nolan Hickman took 14 three-point attempts. He made one of them. That is good for 6.7% from deep. He just lost the shooting touch in the second half of the season. For freshmen, this is not that uncommon. It's The season is longer than any other season they've ever experienced. They're traveling for the first time extensively. Obviously, they travel in AAU ball and whatnot, but this is 
much more complex than that. You're traveling every other weekend. Uh, the weekends that you're not traveling, you're hosting these huge home games, sold out arenas. You're also a student uh, for the, you know, a, a student away from home for the first time in your life for the most part. Uh, Hickman, strangely, was not in that situation because he had had traveled for high school before that, but was still in a situation where college is hard. And being a freshman in college is hard. And doing that while playing a significant role on the number one team in the country, pretty darn hard. And so you can understand why maybe we saw that dip. But it was a pretty dramatic dip for Hickman. I'm not trying to fully excuse it. You can't do that. It's it's going to be a problem if something like that continues to happen for Gonzaga to win a national championship. Their depth, their bench depth, needs to be there in the, in the final couple weeks of the season. You just need to have them there. Last year, because Salas kind of had a drop-off, because Hickman kind of had a drop-off, and then we saw... Strother really struggled with his shot. Uh, it, it, it ended up creating a situation where the Zags were really over-reliant on Drew Timmy and Andrew Nembhard. In the NCAA tournament, we saw that that got them through Memphis and did not get them through the Arkansas game. Now we're looking at Hickman stepping into a starting role. Uh, I don't think there's a debate there. I don't think there's a question that he's going to have a significantly bigger role, likely the role as Gonzaga's starting point guard for his sophomore season. So what I want to talk about here in the second segment is what that's going to look like, and specifically how crucial is Nolan Hickman to Gonzaga's success this season. However, before we get there, I want to tell you all about LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 800 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. And I want to sincerely thank all of you for making this podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, it's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're still talking Nolan Hickman here in the second segment. We're going to take a look at his best and worst case scenarios for this season and how they're going to impact Gonzaga's national championship hopes. Of course, with these, the best case and worst case scenarios, I say them best case within reason, worst case without injury. Not going to discuss an injury as the worst case scenario because it's not really very good analysis. We're not going to discuss a best case scenario that is outside the realm of possibilities for a player. If they're not going to be a national national player of the year, we're probably not going to talk about them being a national player of the year. For Nolan Hickman, the best case scenario, quite frankly, is that he's next in a long line of outstanding point guards in Gonzaga history. When you are just going down the line and you start all the way back at Matt Santangelo and you go Dan Dickow and Blake Stepp and you go all the way down, Rivio, Pangos, Perkins, etc., etc., Nolan Hickman's one of the names you say. 
and that it's not debatable. It's not, oh yeah, I kind of remember that era. It's he is one of those guys. That is the best case scenario for Nolan Hickman. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that the breakout happens on time. This is a huge thing with Gonzaga, and it seems, at least as an outsider's perspective from watching the team as religiously as I have, as many of you have over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it may be, Gonzaga seems to time their breakouts perfectly. When they needed Rui Hachimura to break out and not just be an inconsistent, kind of overly excited but not really ready to play forward, he was. He broke out. He became that player. When they needed Drew Timmy to step into a bigger role after Philip Petrusev surprisingly left early, he did. That happened. There are countless and countless other examples. Joel Ayayi stepped into a huge role after having virtually no role at all in his first two seasons in Spokane. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that now that the Zags need him, now that Andrew Nembhard is playing on a $8 million contract with the Indiana Pacers, the highest contract ever guaranteed to a second round pick in NBA history. Now that Andrew Nembhard is doing that, it is time for Nolan Hickman to break out. The best case scenario, it's on time. It happens when we want it to happen. Part of that is going to include no second half collapses. He cannot drop off performance-wise in the second half of this year. Hopefully that means that conditioning and various other things have been improved for him between his freshman and sophomore years. That's not to say that they were bad uh, before he came into into college. It's just that it's you now you know. Now you know what a full season feels like. Now you know how you have to be, what condition you have to be in, what it's going to be like to get through a season. Ideally, Hickman is ready. He's prepared. And he's going to go knock this thing out of the park for an entire season. 37 games, Nolan Hickman is going to be ready to go night in and night out. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that he can lead this offense smoothly while handling pressure from opposing guards. We know that has been an issue for Gonzaga's guards in the past. We know that it was an issue for Andrew Nembhard. We know that it cost the Zags a national championship against Baylor amidst other things. Not just that, but it was a factor. We saw a Tarleton State team nearly beat Gonzaga last year in part because of the amount of pressure they put on Gonzaga's guards as soon as they crossed half court. And guess what? Teams are going to do that again this year. All of them. Every team that has the ability to do that is going to attempt to do that. They're going to look at a team with a sophomore point guard who hasn't started a game in his collegiate career, and they're going to say, we're going to put all of the pressure on him. We are going to make him make plays as soon as we possibly can, force him to do that immediately. Best case scenario for Nolan Hickman, he can do that. It's not a problem. He finds open guys. He passes out of the pressure. He dribbles out of the pressure. He gets Gonzaga into their offensive sets. Or, in an even better scenario, if they are putting pressure on him, he not only breaks the pressure, but it allows the Zags to get easy points. Two or three guys are up at the top of the key. Hickman breaks that pressure. All of a sudden, it's five on three. You get yourself an easy bucket. You do that two times in a row. Guess what? They're going to stop pressuring. They're going to stop doing it because it's not working. It took Andrew Nembhard a while to make these adjustments. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman, well, he didn't really have a while. They got Michigan State in less than two weeks. They got Texas four days after that. They got Kentucky five days after that. They got the PK-85 four days after that. They got Baylor a week after that. There's not a lot of time for the Zags to adjust, and they're not probably going to win every one of those games. I don't expect them to win every one of those games. It would be really cool if they won every single one of those games. I think they're capable of winning every one of those games, but at the, it's going to be a hard stretch of time with young guards on this roster. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman, he's prepared for that pressure. 
He knows how to handle it. He does enough for Gonzaga that the other team has to back off that pressure and play a more straight defense, which gives Gonzaga an advantage because in a half-court offense, the Zags are really, really good. Best case scenario for Nolan Hickman, that outside shooting ticks up. We saw this with Andrew Nampard. We've seen this with plenty of other guards in Gonzaga's past. He was under 31% from last year. If he does that again, he's not going to get respected from out there. Teams are going to be able to sag off. It impacts his ability to dribble drive. It impacts his ability to get those looks in the mid-range. It impacts his ability to run the pick and roll effectively. He needs to be able to knock down outside shots. The best case scenario, he's up over 36, 37, 38, maybe even 40% from three for, for Hickman. If he's able to do that, or at least threaten to do that, if he's shooting 35, 38% early in the season, that's enough for opposing teams to really have to respect him to bring their defense out, creates more room for Drew Timmy down low. It creates more room for Nolan Hickman to dribble drive, maybe kick out the shooters from there, maybe get all the way to the basket, draw some contact, get to the free throw line, which is another one of the best case scenarios for Nolan Hickman is that he can draw more contact and improve that free throw percentage. I don't believe that Nolan Hickman is a 67% three throw shooter. I just don't buy it. I think he should be 75, 78% from the free throw line. And I think if we get a situation where Hickman is more aggressive getting to the rim, better at using his body to draw contact, get fouled, potentially finish through contact, that would be huge if he had the ability to do that. But even so, if he can just get more to the free throw line on a regular basis and knock him down at 75% instead of 67%, that's not a dramatic change, but it is enough to give him a a point or two more per game. And of course, drawing more fouls on the opposing team is never, ever a bad thing either. The best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is he takes on a bigger role defensively and remains very, very good on that end of the floor. Nolan Hickman was a great defensive player last year. It was a smaller role, so it's a little bit harder to to fully flesh out how great he was on that end of the floor. But this year, it's not going to be a smaller role. He's often going to be guarding the other team's point guard. I think we might see situations where Rissier Bolton is tasked with that. I think we might see situations where Hunter Salas is tasked with that, depending on who the other team's point guard is, depending on what lineup is in for the Zags. But ultimately, Nolan Hickman is going to have more difficult defensive assignments this year, and he's going to be playing twice as many minutes, maybe not maybe not twice as many minutes, but he's going to be playing 10 more minutes per game. So for him, the, the best case scenario is that this defense remains great. We don't see a drop-off because of fatigue. We don't see a drop-off because he is being asked to do more than he was asked to do last year. Best case scenario for Nolan Hickman is at the end of the year, he is a very strong NBA draft candidate. He has been showing up on mock drafts left and right. He is pursuing the NBA draft combine and Zags fans are nervous about whether he's going to come back or not. I think even the absolute best case scenario probably doesn't put Hickman in like an ironclad, he's a guaranteed first round pick type of situation. It's possible. He does. He is decently sized. He's 6'2". He's got a good size on him. But I think that it's going to be tough for him to play his way into like guaranteed first round. Like we're not even discussing the possibility of him returning. We're talking best case scenario. So we can say that that could happen. But I think more likely there's a situation where it's like, yeah, he's probably gone. He's in the NBA draft combine. Scouts love him. He's being talked about as a late first, early second round guy, somewhere in that range. And and we're starting to think, okay, what are we going to do at point guard in 2023? What's the worst case scenario for Nolan Hickman? Well, it's that he's not ready to take the mantle. 
it's that Bolton or Smith have to step in and play more point guard early on in the season. It's not that he's out of the rotation. I don't think that's going to happen. It's not even that he's out of the starting lineup. I would be surprised if that happens at any point this season. Uh, but it's that he's not ready to be the team's primary point guard for 30 minutes a night. Maybe he plays more off the ball. Maybe he just plays more like 23, 25 minutes per game. Maybe Bolton plays a lot more minutes at the point guard. Maybe Malachi Smith does. Either of those guys could do it if necessary. Uh, the worst case scenario for Nolan Hickman is that he struggles against pressure. Same thing that we saw from Andrew Nempard, but maybe it's even more uh, exaggerated with Nolan Hickman. Maybe he's really struggling with that pressure. He hasn't seen a ton of it in his young career up to this point. Uh, and and it creates a situation where the Zags either have to inbound the ball to somebody else or they have to find other ways to even just get into their offensive sets because the pressure is suffocating them on the perimeter. Worst case scenario for Nolan Hickman, the outside shooting is still a question mark. Defenses don't respect him out there. He starts losing confidence out there. Perhaps that, that creates situations where defenses can sag off and put more pressure on Drew Timmy down low. Again, it eliminates the dribble drive scenario. It just kind of puts the Zags in more of a compromising position offensively if Nolan Hickman can't be relied upon to knock down that outside shot. Worst case scenario for Nolan Hickman is he struggles with more demanding role on defense. Uh, Bolton and Smith, once again, are going to be leaned on more. That's kind of a theme here. There, there is a catch-all. There is kind of a, an emergency net for Nolan Hickman with both Rasir Bolton and Malachi Smith. They've both played point guard before. They both are very capable off-the-ball players. So if Hickman's great and they're both just playing 90% of their minutes in you know, in secondary roles and not in the primary ball handling role, that's great. But if they need him to... They can't. I think it'd be Bolton first. I think Bolton running the offense and running the point guard position is is totally fine for the Zags. The only the, the biggest downside is that it takes away one of Gonzaga's best off the ball guards because it doesn't allow Bolton to play that role. But I think that if they need him to do that, they're going to be just fine. It's nice to have that emergency situation. I can promise you Mark Few and the staff don't want to have to use it. The ideal situation for this team, for their national championship hopes, is that Nolan Hickman is playing the primary point guard role for close to 30 minutes a night. All right, in the third and final segment, we're going to discuss what I expect to see from Hickman this season and his future NBA aspirations. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball is less than one week away. College football and the NFL are in the thick of their seasons, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, segment three, still any patents, still locked on Zags. We're still talking Gonzaga point guard Nolan Hickman here as we prepare for Gonzaga's second exhibition game against Warner Pacific at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, November 2nd. I want to talk a little bit about how I expect Nolan Hickman's role to shake out this season as you would expect. And for those of you who have been listening diligently to the season preview series, I thank you for that. You also know that I often put the caveat here that 
Well, the, the, the expectations for any player is going to be somewhere between the best case and the worst case scenarios. That's why those are kind of the outliers on either direction. For Hickman, I think it's pretty clear he's going to be the starting point guard, and I think it's pretty clear he's going to play about 30 minutes per night. Mark Few doesn't like to, to start guys in kind of not full-on roles. If you're starting, you're playing that spot. It's why Mark Few's had pretty small rotations in the past. We have seen adjustments. We have seen Anton Watson be a starter when he played like 18 minutes per game. Heck, you go back about a decade, we saw Mike Hart be a starter, and he played like 15 minutes per game. So it happens. It's not impossible for it to be done. But I think if Nolan Hickman's the starting point guard, he's going to spend most of the game playing point guard. I think that's going to be the expectation. Maybe they'll subvert some stuff a little bit, have Rasir Bolton bring the ball up, have Hickman play a little bit off the ball. Uh, certainly there will be other point guards in the game when Hickman is not playing, but I expect him to play most of the game and most of that time at the point guard position. I think we're going to see a lot of growth. I think that's the big... I, I think Mark Few said during some media availability that Nolan Hickman is the most improved player on this team. He does not say that stuff lightly. Mark Few is typically right about this stuff as much as coach speak is a real thing. As much as coaches always kind of gas up certain players, when Mark Few says this guy's really improved, he is right. I learned my lesson the hard way. I did not believe him back in 2012 when he kept saying, hey, Kelly Olynyk's the best player on this team. Kelly Olynyk had averaged like four points per game as a freshman and sophomore. He was a lanky, awkward kid who didn't look like he knew how to be six foot eleven, and he had just redshirted for an entire year. But then Mark Few says, look, he's going to be the best player on this team. And everybody says, OK, sure, Mark, whatever you say, you're just gassing up a kid who you just want to have a big role. And then Kelly Luna came out and made an All-American team, was a lottery pick, and is still in the NBA a decade later. I don't, I'm not going to pretend Mark Few is batting a thousand, but if he tells you a player is the most improved player on the team, he's probably right for the most part. Uh, and so for him to say that about Nolan Hickman is a really, really promising sign. You also just look at Gonzaga's history of developing guards. We talk so much about the big man development machine and what it has done for players like Drew Timmy and Philip Petrusev and DeMontis Sabonis and Brandon Clark and Kyle Wiltshire and so on and so on and so on and so on. But the guard development at Gonzaga has been outstanding as well. And for Nolan Hickman, for them to believe, hey, this guy is ready to take on this role as a sophomore. He is ready to be the starting point guard, to be the primary guy. For them to believe that and for them to come out and say, look, he's the most improved player on this team. I think we're in line for a really good year. Having said that, the Zags have a murderous stretch to begin the season. You got to be ready right out of the shoots in this one. Hickman had an up and down performance against Tennessee. I'm not gleaning too much from that performance. I, it just, it doesn't matter to me all that much. Uh, he went 0 for 3 from deep in that game. I like that he's taking shots. I think they were good looks. He also had some fantastic actions. He had a really nice backdoor cut to the basket. He got Gonzaga in their offensive sets really well. But I think we're going to see some growing pains. When you play Michigan State, Texas, Kentucky, the PK tournament, and Baylor all in a three-week period of time, you're going to see some growing pains. They're, those are really, really good teams, every one of them. And it's going to be tough for, for Gonzaga to, to find themselves before then, they're going to be still figuring some stuff out and figuring some stuff out against really good teams leads to growing pains. It leads to some frustration for Nolan Hickman. Some of that frustration may be, may be on him. It may, maybe it's not necessarily his fault because Gonzaga is still figuring out their offense and he's doing what he's supposed to do and other guys aren't, but it may look like it's him. It may look like he's struggling. He's making bad passes, whatever it may be. I kind of expect to see that a little bit from Nolan Hickman. What I'm looking for is growth is that that doesn't derail him. That If he makes a couple mistakes early in the game, maybe even gets pulled sooner than he wants to, that he bounces back in the second half. Or at the very least, he bounces back the next game. 
I want to see that kind of stuff from Nolan Hickman because in the NCAA tournament, you can't just be bad for a couple games in a row. It's just not an option. You just can't do it. And for him, like, I don't think that that's going to happen, but seeing that growth early in the year where maybe he does get punched in the mouth a little bit, maybe Baylor is a really hard game for him because Baylor's really hard on opposing guards. Maybe Michigan State is a challenge, even though that's they're not one of the best teams they're playing. Maybe they really give him some hell early in the season. I want to see how he responds to that. I don't think Gonzaga losing a couple games early this year is necessarily that bad of a thing if the players on the team who we need to see growth from grow from them. Nolan Hickman is perhaps the most important player in that role. He needs to grow. He needed to have he needs to have grown over the offseason, which by all accounts he has, and he needs to grow throughout the regular season. That's how this works. Nolan Hickman has every single ability to do that, and growth from him could lead to him being a Bob Cousy Award finalist. He could be on that list by the end of the year. He wasn't to start the season. I think there's a very good chance that he is on that list by the time the year comes to an end. Absolutely. But again, that's where you need to take those punches, take those lumps, and grow and develop from them. Find ways to get through that pressure. Find ways to still get into your offensive actions. Find ways to create your own shot against really good defensive players. I think all of that can happen, and I think we're gonna. And I think it will. I think it will happen. I think that's how Nolan Hickman's season is gonna go. Where maybe there's a little bit of concern early in the year because of how tough this stretch is. But by the end of the year, he's on the Bob Cousy Award finalist. We all are saying we knew that this was gonna happen. We're all like, yeah, of course Nolan Hickman's on the midseason Bob Cousy Award watch list. He should have been on it from the beginning. I think that that's how this season's gonna go. And I think that at the end of the year, there is gonna be some. He's gonna be a contender for an NBA draft pick. I am curious what Hickman's draft profile is going to look like. He's he's not undersized for a point guard, but he's not oversized for a point guard either. He's squarely 6'2". He's pretty thin. You can put weight on a guy. That's not really a, a huge issue for scouts. Uh, obviously, the three-point shooting is going to be a big part of it. I mentioned this. Whenever we're talking about NBA in any capacity, when we're talking about draft candidates from the Zags, when we're talking about Zags who are currently in the NBA, the outside shooting is just critical. It's critical. It's part of the reason Joel Eiei doesn't have a job right now, very unfortunately, because he has shown a lot of skills as a basketball player, but he hasn't consistently showed that outside shooting skill. It's part of the reason that Jalen Suggs' freshman year didn't, or rookie year didn't go all that well uh, because the outside shooting just wasn't there. It needs to be there to be an NBA player. The floor is so spaced out, and you need to be able to consistently do that. For Nolan Hickman... If he takes strides in every other aspect of his game, like massive, huge strides, but he doesn't take strides in that three-point shooting, I still think he'll get looks. Teams love upside. They think they can turn you into an outside shooter, and they probably can. But he that's a skill that needs to be there. If that shows up, and we see improvements defensively, we see improvements in how he handles pressure, we see improvements in his, his pick-and-roll offense, his mid-range game, his shot creation, all that stuff that we mentioned in the best case scenario, if that's all there and he shoots 38% from deep and the Zags are a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, make a deep run, go past the sweet 16 again. Nolan Hickman's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. He's going to be in the NBA and he would deserve it. 100% deserve it. I think, you know, I, I don't know that I see a situation where Nolan Hickman's like a lottery pick. There's just not a lot of six, two dudes who are lottery picks. It's pretty darn rare. Uh, I think he could certainly play his way into the first round conversation at the very least be similar to Nembhard where he's an early second round pick as well. He'd be a bit more of a project because he's much younger than Nembhard was when he was selected. Nembhard was kind of more of a established. This is a guy we can plug and play type of situation. Hickman's maybe more of a, Hey, we're going to draft this guy. He might spend a year or two in the G league and then he's going to be our guy after that. 
But I could absolutely see, especially if that outside shooting ticks up, Hickman being an NBA player. I, I think he's going to be. But but I also think it's, it's worth pointing out that Gonzaga's point guards have had a hard time sticking in the NBA. Yeah, it's point guard university, you know, guard you as they've called him for a long time. But look at, you know, the, the, that long line of guards. Obviously, Dan Dickow had an accomplished NBA career, but Blake Stepp didn't. Derek Rivio didn't. Jeremy Pargo was inconsistent, but he was briefly in the NBA. Kevin Pangos, very briefly in the NBA. Josh Perkins didn't make it. Nigel Williams-Goss, very, very briefly in the NBA. A lot of these guys don't make it. And obviously, recently, we've seen Jalen Suggs, we've seen Andrew Nembhard. They're both NBA players. I think Hickman absolutely is more on par with them and could easily be an NBA player in the future. But it has been a difficult road because there's a lot more people under six foot three that are trying to play professional basketball than there are guys over seven feet tall. So it's harder to make the NBA as a smaller guard, as a smaller player in general. But I think Hickman has the skills. And if he puts it all together this year, I think it could be his final season in a Gonzaga uniform. All right, that is going to do it for me today. For more, check out the website, scorezagscore.com. More fun stuff coming later this week. We're, of course, going to analyze what we see in the exhibition game against Warner Pacific. We're also going to continue the season preview series as we get ever so close to the start of real basketball for the Gonzaga University Bulldogs. All right, thank you all for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.